Good evening to you and welcome to uh, Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. With you on this uh, Thursday, uh, just uh, a day before uh, the uh, Heritage Day. And uh, yeah, I would love to hear some of your thoughts on uh, what piece of heritage. I mean, I, and uh, I guess what you make of uh, this uh, particular holiday. A lot of debates earlier on today. Uh, many people saying South Africa has too many holidays. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, it affects productivity. Hmm. I don't know, man. Um, I certainly see it from a different vantage point. I actually think we should have a much shorter work week. Uh, but uh, yeah, you might want to comment on that. Uh, and uh, I think a lot of us take for granted uh, that this five-day week was decided through some d- divine intervention. No, actually. Uh, it's an outcome of struggle. And uh, even this uh, injunction to not have people under the age of 15 working, outcome of struggle. Uh, Because we know at some stage at the start of the Industrial Revolution, of course, uh, employers in England were employing children as young as the age of six in some cases. So, uh, yeah, we come a long way in terms of uh, the struggles over the work day. Uh, And, uh, yeah, many of us are still interested in uh, uh, not complaining about this thing of productivity because I really don't think productivity is in any way linked uh, to somebody clocking in five days a week for eight hours uh, a pop. And in some cases, you know, people working more than 45 hours. I, I don't think so. I think COVID-19 has shown us uh, that uh, productivity enhancements are also associated uh, with a balance of other things. I mean, if you're spending, as many South Africans do, two hours in your commute, right, but even if you're working seven days a week, I can tell you the productivity will leave a lot to be desired. Because by the time you get home, uh, you're already tired, or by the time you get to the workplace in the mornings, you're already tired Uh, just from your commute. And I know many South Africans will share that experience. Uh, But yeah, you might say, well, Aya, you're smoking your socks on this one. And uh, if we really want to compete in the world, we might have to ramp up our hours. Uh, But yeah, let me know what you think about that. Um, Our voice notes are out on uh, WhatsApp uh, on 079-191-4270. We're also out on our studio line. On 089-110-3377, 089-110-3377. Now, yesterday I'd asked uh, whether, w- I guess we're all familiar with where the, you know, our day uh, that uh, we have tomorrow as a holiday comes from. And uh, one of our listeners uh, sent us uh, their voice notes. They're indicating that, yeah, it used to be Shaga's day. And uh, I want to talk to you about what lessons you draw uh, about uh, heritage. I'll certainly share my own ideas of uh, Uh, the elements of our heritage that I think we need to defeat Uh, because uh, not all parts of our heritage are nice, you know. Uh, They are the uh, nice parts. I get that part. But uh, I think there's also very, very horrific parts to our heritage uh, that uh, we need to do away with. And of course, uh, one of those parts of this heritage is a very, you know, uh, a segregated social reality that we have uh, that ends up making many people spend immeasurable amounts of time in their commute, uh, getting to and from the places where they work and where they live, uh, which, um, you know, in most cases in this country is uh, far. Uh, Many people don't live close to where they work. Uh, So that's one of the heritage that we have. And we've got to defeat that. Uh, So you might want to share parts of our heritage that you find very problematic, uh, which are part of our heritage nonetheless. We can't uh, we can't wish them away because they are very much part of our lives, a very material part every day uh, of our lives. Share with us, uh, with your voice notes there. Uh, yeah, 
that leave a lot to be desired. And uh, would love to hear your thoughts there. You can send us your voice notes on 0791914270. Zwila Kimguni joins me in the next few minutes uh, for our business wrap. He's a chief investment officer and co-founder at Benguela Global Fund Managers. And then in our headlines, we're going to talk about this interesting story, the Liquor Products Act. Uh, yeah, well, it seems now uh, that Umkombo, your traditional uh, uh, beer merchants, will have to abide uh, with strict production requirements. Now, this will mean that, you know, Umkombo will have to be a fermentation of uh, sorghum, maize, finger millet, pearl millet. Uh, so, Amazimba, Nombona uh, have to be the ingredients. And all manner of other things in uh, uh, this uh, traditional brew. And it has to contain at least 4% solids derived from grain uh, and not necessarily hops. Uh, because I guess it does seem that uh, there's a long-standing tradition here of mixing it up uh, with all manner of things to just give it a kick. And uh, we're going to be speaking to Dipepene uh, Neserache. Chief Director of Inspection and Quarantine Services in the Department of Agriculture. He's going to tell us a bit more about this and, of course, how we regulate this. And, yeah, uh, where there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, uh, what uh, some people might call iwak. This weekend. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we're going to be asking whether or not this uh, extends into the private purview of our homes in terms of how we prepare Ujwala Besindu. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be taking a look at that uh, with Dipepene uh, Neserache. We're also going to be joined for that chat by Apiwe Ngusani Mawela, who's a brewmaster. And, uh, yeah, you might know her, uh, associated with the Dolokazi beer, uh, one of the craft uh, brands that we have in South Africa. We're going to talk to her just about the history of uh, brewing uh, in African culture and uh, its significance. And uh, yeah, also, I guess the role that regulation can play uh, in that regard. And she's going to be joining us uh, uh, for the second part of our headlines discussion. Also, I have a chance this evening, as I said, to speak about Afrikaans. And uh, yeah, this in the context, of course, of many debates that are current, you would know. And uh, love to hear your perspectives on that. As I said, uh, you know, Afrikaans means Google Afrikaans, which uh, I'm certainly not very, yeah, yeah, not very good on that one. Uh, what many people call savor Afrikaans. Uh, you know, later to Ngokanina. You know, Vatseje, who's it? Alice Dolly, you know, all of that, uh, which is, uh, just shows, I guess, this is a creolized language. But there's also, I guess, the political dynamics of the role of Afrikaans as a language in the exclusivist African and nationalist project uh, that uh, really occupied the center uh, of political power in South Africa in the 20th century. Yeah, and can we salvage Africans, if at all, uh, from the clutches of uh, the Afrikaner nationalists? Uh, yeah, that's uh, what we're going to be talking about uh, with uh, Professor Heinrich Willemse, professor in the Department of Afrikaans at the University of Pretoria uh, out uh, uh, in Tswane. And he's a literary critic, an activist, an academic, and an author. And uh, yeah, editor-in-chief of the literary journal Deitskrift van Letterkunde. Uh, and uh, yeah, he's going to be joining us uh, as our thought leader on this Thursday. Yeah, fascinating chat. And uh, yeah, so I guess it's uh, Afrikaans and try and make sense of it. One of the youngest languages uh, in the world, uh, that of Afrikaans, a composite language uh, with many roots. Uh, of course, yes, Dutch, you know, in some cases, um, 
a French, but uh, yeah, many people not willing to accept that uh, even some of our own African languages have a hand in there, and uh, of course also uh, Malay, uh, and uh, a Malaysian, or I should say Indonesian slaves who would come through uh, um, to the Cape, also influencing the development of that particular language. And then we'll uh, end things off this evening by speaking to Greg Molchak, who's a ra- uh, spokesper- uh, spokesperson at Randwater, and many of you in the province of Gauteng battling uh, with uh, some curtailments of water supply, and uh, we're going to be asking him this evening why is that necessary, especially for some of the high-lying areas where some of the water has to be pumped at a minimum pressure to get t- to your tap. That's what's coming up this evening. Kule pegile se ilepu za makwe bo kwebo no kokosho. Kuba wacho no tambo watintela yok ngobu talu talule mzansa Afrika. Kuku fagulwa mfila kui ekonomi yao. Senza londo getina singabandwa na bomkuba. Singabandwa na benzaka. Singamatola nyonga ande kutlelana. Singabandwa na bakula ngene mpeka kastiegeche. Sazalwa sinamazinyo. Singamakteba omga. Kwa e singamakteba omtio kaka omnguma. Sisisukulwa na skamkayo lelinga penda bozuko. Sisisukulwa na sembongi kazi unonzizi mkweto. Kwa ikele mita isa sluka nisayo yak chanja pe Afrika. Kuba kaluku singama Afrika sembo tina. Kwa e watu mangu chana singa isusa na nini na. Kasi yibanga le ekonomi. We first take a look at the latest in uh, the world of money and power. And uh, Zwela Kimgun is my guest this evening. He is uh, the uh, founder and the chief investment officer out at uh, Benguela Global Fund Managers. And he joins me this evening. Kwabe, good evening to you. Good evening, Aya. Good evening to your listeners. Yeah, thank you very much for joining us. Kwabe, let's start off with that story. I mean, I, I saw an article a few weeks ago. Uh, mustn't even have been a few weeks ago. Probably last week sometime. Uh, Vivek Ramsunda, Vikesh, I should say, Ramsunda, uh, CEO of Clicks, uh, was talking about localization in that article. And then we hear today that, uh, yeah, he's exiting stage left, going to run a listed player out in Australia. And, uh, yeah, uh, a new CEO coming into the wings. Uh, give us the latest on this one. That distribution business, I mean, is probably going to be one of these legacies or how it's performed. UPD uh, and how that, I guess, has contributed to the value proposition of the Clicks Group. Uh, I mean, they're a dominant player here in pharmaceuticals distribution. Yeah, so, so one of the things that has actually made them very powerful is that the pharmaceutical industry is quite fragmented. I mean, it's uh, it's not a highly consolidated industry. If you you can get a license as a pharmacist and you you are qualified, you can go set up a pharmacy. And I was presuming that you have uh, working capital. And what it has done is it has created a whole lot of uh, independent uh, pharmacies, uh, which I think. Those pharmacies, in terms of um, bulking their purchasing power, they were quite challenged. And I think a service provider like UPD combined the purchasing power and the logistics to basically service that part of the market. So where they couldn't wrestle market share from these pharmacies, they were still able to participate in their growth in that they were a supplier. Uh, so, so that has been quite a strong very proposition to to the market. And, and I guess, you know, the, the other question, Mark, is, of course, this idea of locating clicks, every clicks, you know, uh, operation 
much, much closer to the home than maybe if you were locating it at many of the mainstream uh, sort of property or, or retail properties, be it the malls or you know mega malls and that type of thing. Uh, that must have been, I guess, a key hallmark of his, of his, uh, you know, of his period there, Clips. No, certainly, uh, he, he's done very well. I think also the the format of the store. If mm. you compare them, uh, what they were quite particular in terms of what they they having a smaller format mm. where your inventory turnover is a lot more uh, 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 efficient. Yeah, Kwame, so I want us to, to I want us to yeah. pause here for a second, just for a second. 23 minutes it is after uh, 7 p.m. You tuned in to uh, Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. It's our business wrap. And, uh, yeah, joined by Zwela uh, Kem uh, Chief Investment Officer and Co-Founder at Benguela Global Fund Managers. Kwabe, my apologies there for that, uh, I guess, a brief disruption, uh, spot break nearing on us. But uh, I guess please complete the point that you were making uh, around what distinguishes uh, you know, the floor plans of many of the stores that Clicks operates uh, and I guess how they've managed to benefit from some of their, uh, you know, vertical integration, if I can put it that way. And, and I mean, I guess, you know, just as a last comment here on this Clicks uh, issue, uh, maybe just talk us through briefly, I guess, you know, what, what you would suggest, you know, is the next arena of uh, a growth here for an entity like Clicks uh, under the stewardship of uh, uh, Mrs. Engelbrecht. Yeah, I, I think one. Mm, mm. Let's shift away from this one now. Uh, I always find stories around the Khao train quite interesting, and uh, we know uh, the concession deal with Bombella ends in 2026. A big part of why it was set up in the way that it was uh, had a lot to do with Marion Roberts's, you know, built environment expertise at the early construction phases of the Khao train, and uh, it does seem, of course, that even the next phases, as as it's rolled out, might have a strong construction layer. But uh, the Khao train government saying. They will now want to take it out on open tender rather than maybe renew the concession for Bombella. Yeah, it, it looks like uh, mm. uh, planning for a phase in uh, transition. So, so, so like, I don't understand the suggestion being made here. And I, and I carry no bat for, for any of the parties <laughs> who might potentially want to bid for this. But the suggestion that now the construction phase is over. I find that quite interesting because I guess the extension of this will require, by implication, uh, significant returns to construction phases. Uh, so this idea that, you know, you want the concessionaire uh, to be one now that is just focused on the operational elements rather than, you know, the construction and built environment ones, uh, I'm not sure I, I understand that. Yeah, I mean, this is going to really be, I guess, an interesting one uh, as it unfolds over the next while because, uh, you know, when these things are up for negotiation, there's always going to be winners and losers, we're like. Certainly in their hands, you could end up with uh, some deterioration. There's no guarantee mm. that it will happen, but I think the, the, the track record in terms ah, of you know, uh, government... You concession this one out, man, and deal with Prasa. Ay, 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 ay. <laughs> this one, package it nicely, do a triple P if you have to concession it to somebody else, dedicate your attention and resources and capacity to Prasa, you know? And then we just sort of... Uh, yeah, and then some integration <laughs> between the different modes because I think the problem is that, you know, we're creating this very complicated um, price discrimination. So on the upper end, you've got the Khao train, and then on the bottom end, you've got deep dysfunctions in Prasa. When you could ideally, I guess, be integrating some of these multinodally, and have a way where, you know, as you extend the how train, you make best use of some of the existing infrastructure and maybe the routes that might be available. But, 
yeah, if I think you want to play here and also play in, in the you know low end of the passenger rail, I, I, I'm not sure. Maybe a last one, Kwabe, before we let you go. Patrick Soon Xiong. Yep. Uh, yeah, tech transfer opportunity here for the manufacture of COVID-19 and cancer vaccines. Uh, yeah, he's based out in California, but he was born out in Grebecha. And uh, yeah, some interesting news announced today. And basically uh, the, the production capabilities. I mean, that would be great because I guess, you know, what where we are currently in that value chain is just taking vials and filling them up with vaccines rather than, I guess, playing on some of the tech transfer intensive and R&D intensive elements of that chain, which are some of the most valuable. But uh, Kwabe, we're going to have to leave it there. I hope you have a great heritage weekend. And uh, yeah, if uh, you're going to be hitting the roads, all of the best and safe travels. Thank you, Aya, and uh, safe travels to you and uh, your family. Thank you very much, brother. Zola Kim Guni, the Chief Investment Officer and Co-Founder at Benguela Global Fund Managers.